Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leader Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, and my co-host, Mr. Gable Montoya. What's going on, brother? How are you doing? What's up, man? It's definitely Monday. Uh, been working all day, you know, but uh, now we get to kick back, talk some fights. It's, uh, you know, definitely August, you know. It's not September with the big fight looming. Uh, this is kind of the, uh, you know, get your, maybe get your tune-ups in, get your title defense in, uh, get in those fights that, aren't all that exciting, but uh, you got to get them done. Uh, you know, we're looking at uh, Bryant Jennings versus Alexander Dimitrenko. Uh, not the most exciting matchup on the planet. Jesse Hart versus Mike Gavronsky. Uh, again, not that exciting. Uh, this is from the Ocean Resort Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey on ESPN. Uh, over on BT, Box, uh, or BT Sport, we got uh, Carl Frampton versus Luke Jackson. Tyson Fury coming on the comeback trail versus uh, Francesco Pianeta, who's probably going to be more like a Pianeta. Uh, Yeah, and Christopher Rosales versus Patty Barnes. Uh, Not the most scintillating action this weekend, but uh, we got some stuff to catch up on. We haven't had a show in a minute. Uh, We already got a caller, you know, coming up on the line. I'm sure there'll be plenty others. So, yeah, man, it's Monday. It definitely is Monday. Um, I, I guess it was Monday for everybody on the uh, Facebook for Golden Boy. Stream wasn't doing so well, as is mine right now. Um, myself having technical problems. I, you know, I don't know what to do with this damn. And I just can't figure this crap out, man. I, I'm not having any luck here. I feel like the same guys on Saturday night trying to watch the Golden Boy fight with Jojo Diaz. <laughs> it's just not panning out for me at all, man. Well, I think you know? what we've, we have found out with all these different uh, platforms, Dave, the one constant is that boxing fans will complain. If it's a $5 new thing, uh, but it's an app that they got to download, uh, they're going to complain. If it's $10 and there might be some, some pretty good fights on the horizon, they're going to complain. It's strange, isn't it? If it's, it's free. Strange. You know what? Yeah. They if will it's complain. Free, then, then it's, it's, well, if it's free, then it's freely more complained. That's what I've kind of learned here, you know, because remember top rank with ESPN plus um, you had Andy Ruiz, the, uh, the heavyweight Mexican American out of Southern California, step into the ring and the stream went down and uh, people weren't as brutal as they were with Oscar De La Hoya or Golden Boy staff, you know, whereas people were like, hey, uh, top rank, uh, the stream is down. When is it going to come back up? Uh, people were kind of more patient, whereas and and which is weird because you're paying you know four ninety nine a month for that service, right? Whereas Golden Boy gave you something free, and people were freely falling off the handle, just attacking Golden Boy for rounds being missed or you know dropped during uh, JoJo Diaz's uh, performance in the ring. So I, I just found it like kind of weird, like, wow, certain, certain people give up certain promoters a pass 
And then Golden Boy, here we have Golden Boy trying to do something, trying to give back something to the fight Well, fans do something, because, yeah, revolutionary. You know, it's like if... Did, revolutionary, if but at the same time, give them something back that they've been complaining about. Because, you know, as you watch, I've seen certain podcasters complain about the cost and even break it down. Like, this is what I'm going to spend a year, rightfully so, because, you know, it's money coming out of your pocket. You know, not everybody can get that type of dough, right? But when you get something... And I'm not saying this, those same people, I'm not saying this, not, those same people that were, you know, uh, rightfully dishing out, breaking down the um, the cost of what it's going to be for a year, I didn't see them complain, but I saw just a number of fans of, of complaining about the stream, as whereas myself, like, I didn't tune in, um, all, I, I, you know, live that night. I had things to do. Um, but at the same time, I guess you could say I'm a bit patient with the techno obviously I am, right? I'm on my goddamn phone. I can't even get on my laptop right now to to so I can broadcast and you can have a better quality for coming from me. But I, I guess I'm more patient to the fact that in two thousand thirteen, if you remember that year, we barely got any fights. If you look at go if you look at HBO, even if they're when they were in the boxing business, we didn't get like an overwhelming overwhelming amount of fights even from showtime we did it uh we had friday night fights with espn but there was nothing really spectacular i mean you just maybe two fights out of the year you got something that was worth talking about but nothing overall was like wow i want to watch this right whereas right now because times have changed and, and times are a bit different we're, we're starting to get fights on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even on Sundays that are overseas, where a lot of times, if you were like myself, we're talking back in 2000, you know, you know, uh, two and 2004, 2006, where I used to have to pay uh, somebody to send me a, a, a DVD of a fight that happened overseas. Like, you know, um, the one that comes off the top of my head automatically, Edison Miranda versus uh, Arthur Abraham. It wasn't televised in the U.S., so I had to buy that particular fight. I had to wait for it got air, somebody record it, and then I had to wait for it to get mailed out to me. And I believe I paid like $15 for that DVD just to see that one fight, and one fight on DVD. Well, now we have everything's available to us, but we're attacking the people that are trying to give it to us for free. Kind of weird. Well, yeah, like I said, the through line is going to be that, you know, boxing fans are going to complain. They're going to... Uh be upset if the stream doesn't work exactly the way and you know that they wanted it to and they're like oh my god i have to go to the illegal stream that's always more reliable and to me yeah the, the sport has expanded and and the, the amount of fights we're getting is is increased and i think the quality of the fights because the market is is becoming so competitive is going up um you know we're seeing uh, we're not waiting like you know for pacquiao mayweather for a, a million years, we're getting the rematch uh, of, of you know, Golovkin and Canelo. I think while they're, you know, I think this is like, you know, maybe Triple G's last hurrah. We'll see uh, in terms of just where he's at in his campaign, his last few fights that where he's at the top. And, you know, Canelo is entering his prime. Uh, so we're not, you know, I, I think the sport's not hurting. We're talking about Tyson Fury fighting Deontay Wilder, uh, possibly at the end of the year. Um, and, you know, and then that, that hopefully will lead to, uh, you know, Elder Joshua or Fury Joshua sooner rather than later. Sport's in good shape. I, I think, you know, the sport and the Internet 
are prone to people that want to just be smart asses and make comments and be negative uh, rather than, you know, let things play out. And, and so it's, it's, you know, the lowest form of comedy uh, and the, probably the, the, the highest common denominator uh, in terms of how people communicate on, on Twitter. So I wasn't too uh, thrown by it or anything. And like you, I, you know, I was getting ready to go out. The stream started to cut out. It, it like kept freezing for me, like every two or three seconds. Did that a few times, and I was like, you know what? It's uh, it's on the internet. I've saved it to my Facebook videos. Uh, I'll catch that shit later. You know, I'd already watched the rest of the card, which you know the the stream was good. I mean, everybody becomes a, a TV producer when we're watching boxing, and like this is what I'd do different. You know, this that and the other thing. I thought the the off camera uh, female or the you know the female uh, that was not part of the blow by blow team, but was. Uh, you know, pulling people's tweets up and, and doing the social media interaction was completely unnecessary. It added nothing to the broadcast. Uh, nothing gets women in boxing. There's there's plenty of, uh, you know, excellent female reporters uh, or, you know, ringside personalities. Uh, Christina Poncher uh, is one of the first ones that comes to mind that's worked in the industry for a long time. Um, Jess Rosales is another one. Um, and uh, I would have preferred them, like a sideline reporter, somebody that Boxing fans uh, have grown accustomed to, uh, you know, learned to trust. Uh, this this was like uh, I don't know what what they were trying to do, and you know, I think Mario Lopez and, and, and uh, Todd Grisham were fine. Uh, not everybody's perfect. At least I, I think they know what they're talking about. But I, I think also the problem though with maybe the expectation when Golden Boy's putting it on, Facebook's putting it on. There's not going to be anybody on that broadcast that's going to be critical of the house fighter. It's just the way it is. You know, it's a close fight. Mario's like, oh, I think Diaz is winning. He's also really good friends with Oscar. I'm not, you know, criticizing him. I'm just saying, like, don't – there's not a reporter there. You know, go to a news site to, to get an objective view uh, if that's what you're looking for. You're not going to find that ringside or, you know, on, on Facebook Watch or PBC or ESPN Plus when Top Rank or Golden Boy are on there or HBO or Showtime. That's not the business that they're in. They're just selling you the fight and trying to hopefully just be a nice addition to it rather than overselling a regular fight as something great or a shitty fight is not shitty, you know? But I think fans just would do themselves better to not worry too much about, oh, this guy, that guy, you know? Like, I get annoyed by Max, but that's also because it makes me laugh. Uh, but I wouldn't take it too serious. Like, <laughs> the people are shilling or this and that, you know? Uh, it, it, yeah, they are shilling. That's... They're in the business of trying to get Facebook, you know, wants people to use their platform for everything. Now they're moving into sports because they need, you know, uh, their stock dropped by like 120 million a week or so ago, uh, or a billion rather. They're, they're going to need to, uh, uh, you know, uh, do things to increase their, their, uh, their, com- their commercial viability. Was it 120 million? I think it was 120 million. Anyways. Uh, I don't know. Would would you like the? Would you think of the broadcast? Well, like I said, I didn't watch it live, so I mean, I, you know, I understand people's pain. I get it, you know. Uh, but like I said, I'm also a person that understands that you know what? It's it's fairly new. Um, that at least promoters are starting to realize that this is where uh, this is where this generation of broadcasting is going. Um. Now it comes when it comes down to the commentating. Like I, I saw that too. Some folks were complaining about the 106 Park 
commentator, the female that was on there. But you know what? To tell you the truth, I honestly no longer really pay attention to who's really talking in between or during the fight because a lot of the times they're not going to give me anything that's really new. Um, if I do pay attention, it's just like yourself. It's pure comedy. You, you know what I mean? Well, I'm like, oh, God. Uh, you know, the, here we go again, comparing this fighter to Pernell Whitaker or Melvin Taylor or, or some some past fighter of the 90s because that's as far as we can think back, you know. Um, or, you know, comparing that Mexican fighter to Mike Tyson, which was hilarious. But yeah, I, I ended up watching it after. I thought it was a good performance from Jojo Diaz. Um, you know, I think what what we see from Jojo Diaz is, is first off, let me let me applaud him. Let me go back. Let me applaud him for stepping back in the into, into the ring immediately. Uh, he got in with Gary Russell Jr. Um, it looked like he stepped on the on the pedal to to pick it up and and really start off early. But as soon as he got to that to that point where he and his team might have felt like would have been an overwhelming effort over uh, Gary. He he hit a wall. It turned out to be that Gary Russell had trained and was actually prepared for this type of a fight and adjusted to what Diaz uh, brought to the table. We see him again on this performance here, which was a back and forth, very entertaining. Obviously, it was great for Facebook. Uh, because it, it, it really leads Facebook to say, hey, we want to do this again with Golden Boy, and this time around we'll probably get it right. Um, and it's good for Golden Boy. They got their guy back in there, and they got their guy that's not shy and really didn't come back to try to figure himself out. Uh, Diaz, Digital Diaz actually knows who he is. He's a guy that has certain fundamentals that it's not going to be too flashy. What you see is what you're going to get. And that's exactly what we got from the kid. He went out there. And he 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 let his hands go. Um, every time uh, uh, he got caught with certain punches, he returned it like a true warrior, which we all like to see. Uh, Eric Morales was notorious for that. If you clipped Eric Morales, guess what he did? He came back to try to clip you back so that you forgot that he got tagged. Jojo Diaz is just kind of he's kind of kind of from that cloth. What I don't like, and what I thought I was hoping to see, was. Not such a predictable Jojo Diaz, and that's what I got. That's what I was witnessing off of this fight off of Facebook. Is he's very predictable. It seems like he still hasn't really learned new things in there that he needs to do. He still gets tagged a lot, and it's really by the most simple punches that he shouldn't be uh, um, shouldn't be getting tagged. You know, so those are my concerns with him. Um, still early, and I applaud him again. Like I said, to, to step back in there immediately after a loss and tried to reestablish himself, and and really it was a a, a hard-fought, earned uh, win for him on Saturday. He doesn't have an eraser, so you know he's always going to be in tough fights. You know, fights. you don't always a, have to have an eraser. You don't always have to have an eraser, but you have to have a plan. You, you know what I mean? You have to kind of understand where your strength and your weakness. To me, he still believes that he does have an eraser, and it's just going to lead him into some real serious problems in the long run. He's a young guy right now, so he could take the durability. I mean, he's durable to take the punishment that's going to be dished out, but for how long, Gabriel? That's why I sit back and I look at it and go, we know your youth is keeping you up, but eventually youth gets drawn, it gets drawn out. 
Well, you know, and, and he didn't make weight. You know, it was this supposed to be a title shot for him. Right. Uh, but he couldn't couldn't win the belt uh, either way because he didn't make the 126 limit. Said he did some different things in his diet, which made it so that he didn't make weight. Uh, but it was also a strain, and you know he, he started to feel arm tingling, and so they just they stopped making weight. Um, you know he's 25 now, I believe. So you know maybe it's time to move up. He says, uh, it, still, you know he doesn't have that one stop, you know shot, and people are figuring him out. He had nice combinations, very tactical fighter, really pick you apart, dominate you with just you know enough strength, if not explosive power. Uh, you know, so now moving to 130, guys are going to be stronger. There's there's some punchers at that weight. Uh, it's going to be a little tougher for him. Uh, but I, I think I think that probably is where he's got a head. You know, uh, do you go back to the well? To me, he's starting to get touched up more. The, he looked in the second half of the fight not as strong. Uh, and that tells me that you know he probably had some effects from the the weight loss. Uh, and didn't and didn't quite recover. Uh, to me, right. that just says everything. Get get up and wait, dude. You know, move up uh, to 130. Give yourself those four pounds, and and make your run. You know, because you know you've got Javante Davis and Alberto Machado uh, holding the WBA title or sharing it. Um, WBC's Miguel Burchell, uh Tevin Farmer just picked up the IBF, uh, and Masayuki uh, Ito has the uh, WBO belt. So those are you know fights I think he matches up well in if he moves up and tries to go for a belt. Uh, maybe well, he, he can't crack the, the the Davis right. uh, belt, but uh, perhaps Machado, perhaps Farmer, perhaps Bichelle, uh they could be talked to, him, perhaps Ito, uh, you know, and and we could see. I think yeah, there's a high IQ there, but like you said. He fell into patterns, and I tend to think guys fall into patterns when their stamina is, is goes out the window, when they previously didn't do that, you know? Uh, so that's you my know, final there's, there's a case. Well, there's a case for this here, is that a lot of people tend to believe that when a guy sometimes uh, shoots with high volume is, is because that's the way they normally would want to fight. Um, but there are other cases where I've even I've spoken to certain guys and uh, or you know uh, saw firsthand an experience with seeing guys that go, hey I, I just because because I'm I'm struggling with weight and I feel weak, I'm I'm gonna try my hardest to just fight my ass off and get them out of there quick, and that could be the very case for Diaz where you see I'm trying to get out there, and I mean you notice the the in in the rounds in the seconds of these rounds that. He's throwing a you know a barrage of punches, but then he's he kind of dies out. Have you seen that? Like he just kind of dies out for a good thirty, even close to a minute in the round, and not necessarily it's rest time because when you see rest time, is we see a guy moving, slipping punches, and he's looking for his next shot. Uh, with him, he's kind of like a dead horse. He just sits in the mud, and and he allowed. Uh, um, Rojas to to open up and and kind of take you know take his part of letting him know and letting the judges know I'm still in the fight. So I think there's some things there that are that are troublesome for Diaz. Um, I think that him moving up and and just going hey I can't make this way like you were saying 
um, I think the reality is for him to finally check that uh, he may just be more Pali Ayala in those divisions than anything else, which is perfectly fine because, uh, you know, guys that don't have that much pop but could throw vowels and punches like the way he does are still very much uh, attract. They very much still attract the fans to come and watch them because they still make up, they drum up good fights to tune in. Yeah, I think he's an action fighter. He doesn't have to have that eraser. You can; these are the guys that are going to be throwing for twelve rounds because that's what they're going to have to do: is dig deep and you know let their hands go more, make adjustments, you know, subtle movements to the side, or uh, you know, just the 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 way the, the they. Uh, you know, the types of combinations that they use or whatever. Um, that's the guy he's going to be. But it's going to be a tough road for him for a title. And like he says, you know, title shot will come, but, like, this is two. You know, uh, they don't grow on trees. It'll be interesting going no. forward to see what they do. I'm just curious with Javante Davis. You, you brought him up. I mean, where is he going? He does more. He has more Twitter awards than anybody, you know. At one time, you used to have the crown. This guy definitely took it away from you, Gabriel. Well, I don't know about I don't know about that. I think he's kind of lost some lost some, some Twitter battles. And I don't believe I have. But uh, no, no, yeah. no, you haven't. But he, but he has I, to get into some good. Yeah, he does, he does, he pulls no punches. Sometimes I just wish he would, like, just pull back and and just focus on his career, you know, because uh, there's a lot of Seriously. flirtation of what he wants to do. You know what I mean? There's a point of, 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 of calling out a fighter, and then there's a point of you're just trolling a fighter. And I think we're all at that um, – we're all at the same place now. We're like, okay, Javante, you're just trolling a guy now. Like, you're not even serious. Like, we can't even take you serious to the point that I don't even know, like, is there anything scheduled for this guy next? Do we have anything on paper yet? Do, have, you, have you heard anything about him stepping in the ring, I mean, he called out Farmer and he said, "Hey, you know, uh, Tevin, let's get in, let's do this." But that's him on Twitter, and then the next day he's calling, he's calling a UFC fighter. What, what's next? A WE fighter? Yeah, I don't. You know, he, and his last fight was in April. It's like, where's your next fight, man? What's right. going on with your career? You knock a guy out in you know three rounds, look great, everything's fine. When's your next fight? Summer's over, or it's coming to a close. Uh, I don't. I don't get it. That, you know what? I don't get it either. And the people that that are on his timeline that said, "Oh, you're my idol. Oh, you're my favorite fighter," and I'm like, "How can that be? The guy rarely ever fights. How can anybody be your? I mean, you know, when when like when I had my favorite fighters, like seriously, they stopped." Two, I mean, they fought three to four times out, out of the, you know, uh, um, out of the whole year, you know, and, and even at that time, that was considered, you know, low activity. These guys are fighting once every year, if that, and nothing's really materializes into like leading up. This is who they're going to go after, you know. Uh, tw- Twitter to me has become like the toilet flush for changing your mind of who you want to fight next. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but it's also, when you Google his name, you know, T.J. Dillashaw comes up. 
uh, you know, Javante uh, Davis and T.J. Dillashaw going at it. His name's in the press, and that's kind of the way the press works anymore. Is uh, you know, this kind of clickbait no, bullshit. I I get that, but at a point, I mean, look, it works for the Kardashians. That's perfect. It's going to build you your your marketing. It's going to build you the audience to go and buy your product. But this is a fight game. The way you sell your product is by letting your hands go in the ring where it matters. That's not going to change. I don't care how much technology changes the, the way we move as a society. The sport still is determined by two guys that step into the ring and face the best or fight to get to the best. That's never going to change. That's still going to be the dinosaur mode of being a great fighter, not social media. Well, I mean, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Ultimately, ultimately, a guy's got to fight. That's 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 the bottom line, you know. Uh, and that's what's frustrating about him is that every time he does fight, I'm pretty, you know, happy about the pretty excited about what he. And then I don't see him for a long time. But that's kind of the story of a lot of fighters, you know, a lot of the Al Heyman fighters, anyway. You know, um, what's going on? Where where you know? When are we going to see? We hear more to tangle, like, you know, fantasy matchups about you know Errol Spence than we see Errol Spence. Oh yeah, and Errol Spence seems to win more fantasy fights than actual fights. Yeah, I mean, you've got one of the most exciting guys. I mean, he's already fought twice this year, but again, it's June. When are we going to hear about his next fight? How hard is it to set up a fight for him? He doesn't seem like you know. He has a big well, deal making bouts. Here's the thing. When you have a roster over 200 fighters and you're the only guy that's trying to make the fights happen, it tends to be very difficult. And that's, I think, the stubbornness of uh, one guy, one business guy, who I've always said is a smart businessman. Uh, but being smart in the business of, of, of getting as much money as you've gotten for, the, for, for yourself and for your fighters doesn't necessarily make you the best matchmaker. And I think that's where, the, that's where you got to be humble at. It's like, okay, I'm good at this, but here's the areas that I need help at. But who am I to say that? Right? I'm just a consumer. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to me, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Al gets his guys paid, you know, but, but, uh, but you're right. You know, it, it's, this whole experiment without a promoter and telling me, oh, this is the way it used to be. There wasn't really promoters. There was, you know, guys with fights and there were fighters, and then they, they jobbed out to people. That's all well and good, but where are the fucking fights? That's, that, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, Errol Spence has fought Lamont Peterson and Carlos Acampo this year. Not the most exciting track record so far. You know, no. not one guy on one round that nobody ever saw before, nobody ever is going to see again. Um, the Peterson fight, I mean, we all knew what that was going to be. People were trying to get excited about it. And like, Peterson's going to get his block knocked off. What do you think is going to happen? And sure enough, that's what happened. So where's that big fight? You know, it's not like Spence is super young. He's 28. This is his prime. When's it going to happen? It's his prime. It's also, you know, fans, stop making excuses for him. Stop saying, like, well, nobody wants to step up and fight. 
how do we know that's the case if we don't even hear negotiations ever going through the door? There is no negotiation at the table. So we know none of that. Have any of these fighters been offered an Errol Spence that, we, that is a solid fact? No. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't read it anywhere. You know, point that out to me. And, and that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, we, we see fighters calling each other out. There's only certain fighters that I've seen that call somebody out and then actually either really follow through or they're pressured into it that it happens, and you have to applaud that. But I see guys that just, like, you know, they, they treat, uh, uh, you know, calling fighters out on, on social media like they're changing their underwears. It's always a different color and a different size every week. Those are the compl- those are real complaints for me as a fight fan. Not not a stream that we lost a few rounds that you can catch on a replay because they're going to repost it. Um, you know, if I missed two or three rounds, yeah, it was exciting when it started. You know, picking up, but I know that they're still working out the kinks, and we're gonna, I'm going to still watch it again. A lot of the times, I don't know about you, but if it's a really good, exciting fight, I'll watch it more than twice, two to three times, just to make sure that what I'm seeing was real. Or, or because of the emotions that were, you know, involved in it. So, to me, I, that, I give more leeway to that than where I see guys not materializing real fights. That they're playing the, the fantasy league, you know, ordeal with other, fight, with other fight, fight fans when they're an actual fighter. They can actually make the fight happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the division is only as good as the guy that's running it. And as much as Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence say, well, I'm the guy that runs it and, you know, I own the block and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, to have the kind of names that are at the top here, not fighting each other or really seriously discussing it, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford should be fighting. We're talking about it. Uh, instead, I mean, the most exciting matchup now or the matchup that's happening is Danny Garcia versus Sean Porter for a vacant belt. And so uh, Al Heyman will have the BC, the BA, and the IBF. And the thing is, what is he going to do with it? Is he going to milk it for all those guys? Are we going to have a tournament? Are we Are going to get it on? Are we going to have a unified t- champion at this, well, at this belt? Probably not, because it doesn't benefit Al Heyman to have a unified champion. I don't think. So, no. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's the frustration there, you know. It is definitely the frustration. You know, going in with the zone and, and top rank, I understand that too, all the in-house fighting. And are they going to, you know, play – are they all going to play in the same sandbox? Uh, that's still to be determined. I don't – we don't know yet, you know. Uh, the World Boxing Super Series definitely is giving us a bit of a light to see down that tunnel to say, hey, we're, we're getting good matches here. Because this is the way boxing should really be um, presented across the board. <laughs> you know, Ac- across the board, this is what everybody uh, should aim for, is to produce the best fighters to fight the best fights, to give the best performances to the fans that are paying, to continue to bring them on. I- I've said this numerous times on, on Leaving the Ring, uh, you know, uh, Business 101 is return customers. Boxing still hasn't seemed to figure that out yet. You know, they're always okayed with a change of guard of, of, of their consumers, you know. 
surprisingly, I'm gonna change the, I'm gonna change the the tone here for a bit. But hey, what did you think about? Uh, um, sorry about this, guys. I think we're kind of done with that subject because we can rant about that all day. But what did, what what were your thoughts about Mia St. John's statement that that she uh, that she uh, uh, released on uh, social media Twitter? I liked it. I was pretty stoked that she said it, you know, um, I thought it was interesting what she was saying to, you know, she was kind of indicting everybody, but, uh, and there was people that strangely that were jumping all over, uh, Amanda Serrano got really mad at her. Uh, she's going for a six title and, and, uh, you know, as Eva any Knight. divisions. I saw Eva Knight go after, you know, yeah, Eva Knight Eva got Knight upset about it. She was, yep. She was really upset about it. Said, you know, that's kind of a slap to her. And especially she was like a slap to all female fighters that um, have never thought to cheat or do anything like that because of the hardships that got, they've gone through to get recognition, to even get to the point of where, I mean, she's not, I, think, I, think, I don't think she's an active fighter anymore, right? Eva Knight, Eva Knight right? I think she's No, I don't think she no, is No, 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 Eva Knight. I could be wrong. No, me, me and St. John's retired, we know that, but and she's 50 years old, so I don't think she's fighting still, but I know Eva Knight, I, I believe that she retired and I think her her stance was like you know, for us to get this, and then you kind of cast this other shadow, saying that all athletes, I, which I understand, and we talked about this um, off the air, and I was just like, I, I get Mia's point, but I still don't think it was fair to the fighters that were clean. Then it leaves the question: Is were these fighters that are claiming they're clean right now, were, were they under any type of test? Were they testing? How can they prove they were clean? That's the that's to me that's the million dollar question here. You know, you can scream I was clean, but how do we know that for sure? Well, that's the thing. You know, um, George Willis was on. Remember George Willis was on the show. Um, God, when was this dude? Like back in two thousand four, three years I ago. Think it was? Yeah, yeah. Four, three or four years ago, when, when the Bite Fight book came out. When the yep, when the Bite Fight book came out, which he has a new book that he uh, was a uh, that he collaborated with about the uh, football player. I'm trying to think of his name right now. The guy that that killed his uh, girlfriend and then committed suicide, or was killed in jail. The uh, what was his name? Aaron Hernandez. My wife just told me right now. Aaron Hernandez. Um, which I, I want to purchase. I want to read that book that he was involved in. But he was on the show, and do you remember he was um, – he didn't want to get too much into it because he wanted people to buy the book, but Evander Holyfield, do you remember that? That that brief little small discussion that we had about Mike Tyson discussing Evander Holyfield? Well, and wanting – you know, if uh, people credit Floyd with being the first guy to bring third-party testing in, but it was actually Mike Tyson – who asked for right. third-party testing against Evander Holyfield. And but this is the thing, you know, like Sergio Mora got really upset as well. Uh, I look at, you know, USADA's, <laughs> uh, uh, USADA's website and Sergio didn't do third-party testing. Um, no. I don't, I don't know if, you know, Amanda Serrano has done it uh, with, with, you know, Vada or USADA. Um, but, you know, well, USADA, according to their site, no. Uh, she hasn't been tested. You know, I mean, I like Amanda Serrano. I think she's good for the sport. I do too. I, think, uh, I love her style. 
Um, I love that she keeps just moving up through divisions to, to another sport, you know, fighting in MMA. She's not registered in the VADA uh, uh, clean boxing program. To my knowledge, she hasn't done third-party testing with VADA. According to what you saw on his website, she hasn't done it. Um, you know, and she's a trailblazer, Amanda is. But at the same time, like, you know, her and Sergio were all getting mad at, at Mia St. John, who's coming forward and being just brutally honest and, and talking about herself, putting herself at jeopardy. Maybe, you know, people find out who it was that she cheated against, and all of a sudden she's mm-hmm. looking at lawsuits. I mean, she, she had nothing to gain by what she said. But what she was no, seeing, what she was reacting to was, was Triple G piling on Canelo, calling him, you know, the dirtiest fighter I've ever faced, and really just grinding the guy's name down when we know what we know about Clenbuterol. Regardless of how you feel or the puncture marks that you saw, you think he was using this, that, and the other thing. He seemed much bigger uh, when we came around for the rematch again. Um, he tested positive for uh, those things. I, he did the hair test, and he got into a 365 program. None of these other athletes that are that are getting mad at me and St. John have done anything to move forward the clean sport movement in the sport of boxing. Not to my knowledge. Right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Supporting it is not the same as actually doing something. So no, no, definitely they're all not. getting well, mad about themselves and their standing, and they're thinking about themselves and Mia. Is thinking because it about was, a, it was a big accusation. I mean, it was a big point to the finger. I mean, she said it. She's like, everybody does it, you know. And everybody, everybody knows it. it. And everybody knows it. I mean, we we've been beating the drum of PEDs, uh, you know, of clean sport before there was the term clean sport. And and we've had numerous people come on the show. Um, we've had Shane Mosley come on the show, discuss about. PDs and, and strength conditioning coaches, etc. Um, what I what I got from her statement was this because it was it obviously it was off of Gennady Golovkin's statements about Canelo being the dirtiest fighter. What I what I got from her statement was like, dude, you're acting kind of brand new. Like you know this is a dirty sport. Why are you pretending that this is such a clean sport? You know, and and if I remember correctly, uh, Gennady Golovkin was in the past was like, I don't care if he's cheating or not. I don't care if there's a test. I just want to fight. I just want to fight. You know, I'll fight anybody. Um, that was the breakthrough of him trying to make his stance that I'm the baddest man on the planet. You could be on whatever drug. You could do whatever, blah, blah, blah. I can care less. Now, it's his right to now parade something different. But I automatically understood where Mia St. John was coming off like dude come on you're you're acting like you that, like the, you know you you like the lights just barely got turned on the locker room for you and you're realizing what's happening in the locker room that's don't be naive don't be naive and that's and when we say you know, you know P- PEDs that's a wide umbrella for people that don't know what that means mm-hmm. performance enhancing drugs yeah. it's a wide yep. umbrella like Paulie Malinaji tried to come on here and talk some jive, not knowing what he was talking about, dismissing the use of a diuretic when that can be used as a you know masking agent, uh, meaning that say you took a drug, you take a diuretic that that uh, pushes out all the water, makes you go to the bathroom a lot, and it dilutes the sample, and so you flush out the thing that's that's in your system, but you're 
diluting the sample, making it harder to do testing and, and detect anything in your sample. Um, right. That's a performance enhancer. If it's helping you to make weight, and that's making weight as part of the job, that's a performance enhancer. Um, it's a wide you know, thing. And I think, yeah. you know, the period she's talking about is, you know, a, a pretty rampant time for steroid use when she's fighting. Uh, people also pointed out she worked out at a gym that was like a weightlifting gym. So it was probably pretty, pretty prevalent uh, around her. You know, these things, you know, maybe her view of, of what was prevalent in the industry is different than everybody else's. But, I mean, Victor Conte has said it a lot of, he thinks a lot of guys are using, and that's a guy that, that juiced Shane Mosley in a championship fight uh, against Oscar De La Hoya. And they didn't get caught. And they used EPO and designer steroids. Um, people are fooling themselves if they think that it isn't, you know, rampant in the sport. The diuretics don't get regularly used, even if it's not as a masking agent, but to, to have the kid make weight. Uh, I mean, it's just the indignance to me was those people, oh, it was my hard work. I don't know. You know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. You weren't really being tested, so we're going to just take your word. What have you done to help the sport? Because Mia just, like, trashed her own reputation just to raise an issue. Uh, that's called being an activist, you know? Yeah, yeah, she really did. I mean, at first when I saw that statement, I was just like, oh, man, you know, like, wow, why? But then you look a little bit deeper about that statement, and you understand that uh, she really wants to be the lone uh, Wolf McQuay here, you know, and, and well, she did it. She... It's interesting just, too, that people get so mad. But, I mean – you think back to 2010 and Pacquiao and Mayweather are, are in their negotiations that would ultimately fall apart over drug testing. But, you know, I remember talking to, to, to people that knew Floyd and knew him. They had talked to him before his meetings with Pacquiao and before they asked for the drug testing. And he was like, I, you know, according to this source, which I, a source I really trust, was saying that, you know, Floyd believed Manny was on EPO. That was what they were really worried about. Um, and you kind of go, well, the Lance Armstrong stuff, that wasn't all completely, like the Festina affair had happened already. People knew about EPO and cycling. But if you're not really looking for that subject and looking up how I can have better stamina and alter myself chemically, if you're not... Like, why would you look at a guy and go, I think that guy's on EPO? seems very specific to me. And I'm not just bending this so we can throw shade on Floyd, but, you know, we find out later that's the kind of guy that gets IVs in his room and does cryotherapy and, and puts, like, you know, clay all over his hands to, and then has that removed to, to strengthen his hands and, you know, heal them. Like, he's doing all these scientific things. And then people are going to get mad when me and St. John says that PED use and people kind of that culture of use or lose or, or of looking for that elixir to make you extend your career or heal you faster doesn't exist. Like those two things don't make sense to me. You, either one or the other is true. And those people like, like Sergio Mora and Ava Knight, like no disrespect for, to them, but uh, they're expecting the rest of us to be incredibly naive and they're getting mad about the wrong thing. Like she didn't, she didn't say you are. She's like, you know, everybody's doing it, which I think is more of a, a figure of speech. You know, she could have been more specific and said a lot of people are doing it or it's rampant in the sport or, or that, it, you know, it's not the outlier that people would want to pretend it to be that Canelo is the only one. Like you said, don't be, act like you're like a newborn in the sport, dude. It's the way it is. 
So I don't know. I wasn't definitely. upset. Yeah, I like. I reached, I reached to um to Mia St. John. Let me just throw this out. I did reach out to her, her publicist, who I've known for quite some time. We've had Mia St. John on uh, Leaving the Ring. This was back, I believe, in 2009, 2010. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't heard back from him because um, I definitely wanted to try to get Mia St. John on the show to talk to her a little bit, interview her about her statement, maybe get in more depth, uh, maybe clarify some things that, that what she said and maybe didn't mean. Um, you know, just dig a little bit deeper. To me, it's a very interesting topic. Uh, to me, it's, it's – I think – as you put it to me uh, earlier today was she's retired. Uh, these are things that she can now talk about, you know, but, but and she is putting herself in the line of fire, uh, you know, possibly ruining her accomplishments because there could be a backlash of, you know, certain folks that have lost to her and go, well, wait a minute. I was clean. Um, what fight were you, you know, you know, were you dirty on? So that, that to me is, it's, I think it's still going to, Unravel coming the month. Um, you know, it, it's frustrating with the people that get mad at, at her uh-huh. because of, about their own ego. You know, look at the good Victor Conte's done in sharing his knowledge of how to cheat or how he cheated, how weak the, the systems in place that are supposed to catch people are. Um, I, like, you know, Shane Mosley's grand jury testimony is out there on the internet. And he still acts like, well, it wasn't illegal when I did it, and I didn't test positive, so I, <laughs> I didn't cheat using drugs. And he's lying to himself, and he's doing the sport a disservice because he's one of the, you know, at least in that fight, he's like one of the greater cheaters in the sport. Uh, it sure would be great to, to get his perspective on, on what's really going on, but he doesn't want to talk about that. I'm blocked on Twitter just because I, I, I talked to him about Balco. We both are. Yeah, um, <laughs> when we've had him on the show on. Like, multiple times, I've interviewed yeah, Shane Mosley in times. person yeah. multiple times, yep. um, and always yeah. been respectful, but, you know, don't bullshit me either. Um, Lance Armstrong could probably be a better asset than he's being because he doesn't want to go full whistleblower. So I, I applaud Mia St. John. That shit ain't easy. She could have kept that to herself. She's got enough problems without doing this, you know, raising she health. She kept uh, it herself. She could have made a phone call and, and you know, had this in, in, in a private setting, but instead she put it where all eyes can see. And, you know, that there's a reason why she was a fighter in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, and those people that thrown at her. <laughs> everybody's saying, oh, she, you know, well, oh, she couldn't fight. And that, that's all ego. Not the people that, you know, faced her or to get uh, to face her during their period, uh, you know, during the, when they were campaigning when she was. But I, I was disappointed in Sergio Mora and, and, uh, and Amanda Serrano, you know. I understand them getting mad saying, well, it's my hard work. But like I said, unless you're actually in this day and age doing drug testing and doing something to move it forward, shut the fuck up. It's like somebody talking to me about politics and then I find out they don't vote. Really don't care what you have to say, to be perfectly honest on this particular subject, you know, much less, yeah, if that person tries to talk politics or tell me to stop, you don't vote, I don't care what you have to think. And if you, you know, are a champion in this sport and, and have a platform and a voice and you don't use it to put to lobby for better testing and, uh, you know, the ne- to have the next generation taken care of better than you are, like, what are you doing? You're huh. wasting it. You're wasting it, Definitely. Definitely. 
Uh, we've got some callers on the line. You want to? There's a, I know I think it's Juan in San Diego has been on for a while. Uh, you want to yeah, get him and then we'll jump into Kovalev. Five one zero. You're live on. Leave it in the ring. Actually, it might be Fernando in Richmond. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Dave. It's Fernando over in Richmond. How you guys doing? <laughs> what's up, hey, man? Hey, what's going on, brother? Not much, dude. Um, I just want to follow up on what you guys are talking about. Uh, Mia St. John and Golovkin and stuff. Um, I wonder if, like, Mia St. John, isn't she more like from that era when, like, steroids were, like, prevalent in baseball and stuff? And it's kind of the Vogue thing to do back in the early 2000s, you know, with Barry Bonds and Sugar Shane Mosley and all those guys and Vargas and all that. You know, maybe that's part of her mentality too, maybe? It was probably well, pretty was, rampant. Kind of, yeah, they, they didn't start testing in Nevada until, what, 2000? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and she, was, she was coming up in the, the early 90s as well, you know, um, where it wasn't really detected in fighters. I mean, you know, if you look at certain fighters, you, you like if I go, if you go back now and you watch certain fights, you, I mean, Tommy, uh, Tommy Morrison. You know, he was uh, uh, later on in the career, they, they talked about it. They were a little bit more open about the fact that he was uh, juicing up and stuff. But I, I think in boxing, which in the era she was at, it was, I wouldn't say a hush-hush, but it was more like, uh, yeah, it probably is, but no big deal because there wasn't the understanding of the effect of what it could cause really at the time. So, yeah, that's what I mean by that's what affects your perspective. You know, I know the guy from the 90s, uh, Vinny Panzienzo, that guy was, like, juiced to the gills, man. You know, he was, like, 130-pounder fighting 160 pounds, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and people, people, like, conveniently ignore one of my all-time favorite fighters, you know, Evander Holyfield, and he was caught in that. Right. You know, suspected of, of having drugs delivered to him under the name Evan Fields. Uh, and we all just kind of ignore our eyes and the fact that he moved from light heavyweight in the Olympics to uh, – you know, 215 and the, the, as a heavyweight, you know? I mean, there's only one way during that period of time that you put on that kind of lean muscle uh, and keep your stamina and then have a heart condition that kind of went away and you lose your hair prematurely. I love me some Evander Holyfield, but come on. You know? <laughs> I mean, it, was, it wasn't even a big deal on Rocky Four, right? The guy was juicing on in the movie, Ron Drago, he's juicing in the movie. Yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody thought nothing about it. Yeah. It was all. And looking at Stallone, he was he was not exactly uh, Captain Clean himself. <laughs> Rocky was definitely juicing. Yeah. So this is different times. That's why I mean, I think Mia's uh, perspective is from a, a different era, you know. And she's giving her perspective. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, she she was boxing a little bit different era, you know. Um, Going back to Golovkin but to credit her, her, her perspective is like, like I said, it's more like, come on, dude, we're athletes. Um, I've, I've start when I started doing uh, uh, my podcast before the podcast when I was doing the whole YouTube thing and I was going out there going to gyms. I, I, there was a couple of gyms that I went and the PD talk was more of a of a of a private private segment, you know what I mean? Like nobody wanted to talk outside of that. But uh, there are certain people that told me off the bat, like, hey, if you're not doing something to win to get the extra edge of winning, then you really don't want to win. And I think Mia's just kind of pointing that out to Gennady Golovkin, like, come on, bro. Like I said, you know, this is not new. This is something that's been part of the sports history for quite some time. 
But now it's just more open. You're acting like this is all like, oh, my God, how could you? And that's what I get from her. Like, she's like, she's just, you know, opening the curtain that's it's already been open. Too many people in the sport have, have, uh, have the eye that can like, oh, I can tell. And they're so sure that it happens. Like, I just have too many people that I respect that are sure that it happens or, or just kind of act like they know. You're like, well, how do you, like Pauline Malignaggi, how did he become such an expert on drugs in the sport? If what Sergio Mora says is true, that it, you know, not everybody's doing it. I mean, maybe Sergio's not saying, you know, no one's doing it. Uh, so I'm, you know, reading too much into it. But like, how did Pauli become such a chemist? Who did he talk to that he found all this information out? You know, and the same thing with Floyd. Like, why, why are your accusations so specific? What have you been looking up that you recognize in this other guy? I, I think two people are confusing things. Like, you know, Steve Bunce, who I absolutely adore. I love the guy's writing. I think a, a hell of a lot of him as a person. Uh, and as, as, as a boxing historian, uh, he, he's of great value. But, you know, he wrote a column and was like, now we can just kind of ignore Mia St. John. And, you know, maybe she was, you know, she fought some good fighters, but she was kind of, something that I think was foisted on on on, on uh, boxing writers or male boxing writers because the sport, you know, female boxing isn't as developed as, as male boxing. Uh, it, it's gotten bigger in recent years. Uh, Ronda Rousey really helped with her run in MMA. But, you know, it's still, they're not at the level that, you know, uh, that male boxing's at. But, you know, to dismiss her now is just a cheat, I think, is to kind of miss the point and say, oh, well, she was also cheating as well as kind of shitty, uh, now we can completely dismiss her. It's like, no, somebody that had a high profile in the sport and that was doing their best, at least for women's boxing, to put it on the map in her way um, in the early days of the sport, uh, at least, you know, in trying to break into the mainstream. Um, I think that person should be applauded for, for taking their legacy and just throwing it on the grill and saying, you know, the sport is dirty. It could use some help. Why don't you guys stop acting like it's not dirty? You know, and lay off the kid. You know, fix the sport, not the blame. Maybe that's what she's saying. So I think there's value, you know. And for me personally, like the worst part is they're going after the guy who's been doing drug testing for the last few years that took a hair test after everybody demanded it. You know, this is a guy who the most of anybody should be able to say he's clean. In spite of those two positive tests, he has one that overruled it, in my opinion, right? The hair test. The everybody was demanding after the, the positive for the convertible, you know, like, oh, where's the hair test? If you was telling the truth, take the hair test, right? And he took it, and now people just missed it completely. Like, he never took it. Like, he and now he's test, a, you know? his body looks different to me. He looks skinnier. Well, he took a year off, and he had knee surgery. So maybe he's going to look a little different. He just took himself out of the momentum for the first time in years. Uh, I think he's been, what, pro 13 years? The first time in like 13 years he's taken like a really extended break, like a year break. His body might look a little different. Maybe he put on some weight or maybe he's not, you know, lifting weights as much. And so like, you know, shit's going to change. He's also at an age where your body, you know, you start to fully get into, you know, your maturation process. People, everybody and their brother is like a, it's like they're carny, carny barker, even, guessing weight and you know, figuring even, shit out by with, picture. Even with that, even with that logic, think about this. He he's entered to a, a new territory of testing that 
fighters are not even familiar with, and he was willing to do it. He was willing to go, hey, put me under the, the, the you know, under the scope. Uh, do what you need to do. I want to do what you, what, you, what you guys are telling me to do to, to prove that I'm, um, that I'm clean. So let's go into that unknown area. And he did it. You know, and we're still, every, every, every day and every week and every month, we're still finding out new stuff. You know, finding out that, well, not necessarily the head testing is going to tell us everything. There still needs to be more research. But but the thing is that the guy willingly said, hey, use me as a guinea. You know, I'll be your guy's guinea pig for right now to figure this out. I'm going to, I'm going to do something that hasn't been fully developed yet. I'm going to get into it without knowing that this either can break me or make me. And that's where he's at. You know, yeah. Honestly, honestly, I I think okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you here. Um, mm-hmm. The guy who's been like the the puppeteer for this whole situation, for his own benefit, has been Abel Sanchez. Man, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want that fight next month to go past six rounds. He wants this guy to go in there with anger, right? He wants Golovkin to try and knock his block off, and he wants Canelo to do the exact same thing to Golovkin. You know, because he just he, honestly, I, I thought Golovkin won the fight, but the better boxer was Canelo. You know, oh, in that by fight, far. I thought. The, yeah, you know? by far. So it, you know, it's not to it's not to their advantage for for another boxing match that goes past eight rounds, because Canelo probably be even better in this fight coming up because he's been he's been been improving in every single fight that Canelo's had since I first started seeing him where I wasn't too impressed with him. He's consistently gotten better every fight, added more to his game. You know. Yep. And I think Abel Sanchez is again everybody wound up over this to his own benefit. You know, to his benefit, he's trying to get two roosters pissed off at each other and, and trying to kill each other because, you know, he won't have no answers after the eighth round. He didn't last time. He didn't tell him to, to use well, the jab or go to the body in the last fight. You know, going off of what Abel has been showing, not just with with uh, with Gennady, um, Salcedo. That, yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of, sh- I mean, uh, Abel's kind of showing he's a, win tr- uh, a one-trick pony trainer. He only knows how to train a guy one way. So, and that way is you have to be in, you, you know, whoever his fighters fight, they have, they have to be right there in front of them. You know, there is no figuring out, uh, cutting off the ring. There is no other stuff. Uh, I've said this about Gennady Golovkin, that where, what has happened to the body work? We're, we're seeing less and less of that. You know, I've also seen, too, I was telling this to, to Gavin, I know I'm going to get like a shitload of hate mail about what I'm about to say, but... You know, I see Gennady really and Abel really concentrating about this whole, you know, uh, 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 failed test for, for, for Canelo. And I'm like, I'm like, if you listen to him before that, even on Leaving the Ring, when, he came on, when they came on Leaving the Ring, they paraded about they can go 154 to 168. Uh, don't care if a guy's, you know, taking it. It doesn't matter because we're going to knock him out to this point. You know, I don't know if he's going to dirty. You know, hopefully they're clean this time, blah, blah, blah. I'm almost feeling like, are they mentally preparing themselves to losing this rematch? Because that seems to be the only topic they want to talk about. There's nothing really much more except for, are you going to stand and fight with us? Are you going to stand and fight with us? And I thank you, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., who, you know, uh, uh, Gennady and, and uh, Abel Sanchez were on on their on his show 
uh, Gorpe de Gorpe, uh, where he just basically told him, like, because he goes, well, the judges. And he's like, well, he's about the draw. And he's like, well, overall, the judges still judged it. And, you know, it's a draw. No matter how you want to, you know, twist it and turn it, it's still a draw. You guys couldn't do enough to win the fight. What are you going to do next? And that's the curiosity. That's to me, to me, that makes the fight even more. And, you know, some folks are like, ah, it's not that. It's best bullshit. You're making it. This fight is very interesting because, like yourself, uh, like you said, Canelo has improved. But has he improved his stamina? Is he going to be able to do what he did for the first fight, uh, the, the first, you know, four to five rounds? Is he going to con- be able to continue that on this second time around, be more consistent in every round? Is, is Triple G going to stop headhunting and start cutting off the ring and, and start traveling his punches to the body? All of that is what makes this fight interesting. I'm super excited for this fight. I can't wait. I'm going to watch it at the movie theater. Gabe, you're Same invited. Here. Come on over to em- <laughs> come on over to Emeryville. We'll buy you some drinks. They got a bar in there. I'll buy you a drink, man. Come on through. But yeah, that I'm might, that might be. Uh, fight. I, I, I will I will take that into consideration. I've been wanting to see a, 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 you know something in the movies, and I'll be back. You've I'll be back like one week from Burning Man, so I, I'm not going to want to travel. See the movie theater. I'm telling you, Dude, it, it's a great been, experience, bro. I've been to fights in Las Vegas, and this is as close as you're going to get to it because it's fun, man. It's, it's it's packed with people. It's loud. It's boisterous. Yep. And the movie theater in Emeryville, they got a bar. So it's, it's like win-win all the way around. You know, it's pretty the, cool, man. The, yeah, the one that was here in Riverbank, which is right next to uh, Modesto here where I live at, the same thing. They had, they, they had a, uh, a concession beer stand. So nobody had to leave the theater. Everybody just walked yeah, right wow. down oh, cool. and the alcohol. I mean, that, it was great. And they were walking around, you know, uh, giving people popcorn. I mean, they did a whole event. You know what I mean? They made you really feel like you were either at a ballpark or, or, or at, you know, at, the, at a football stadium, you know? It was, it was a, great, a great experience. And, and the screen is so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. It's edibles, outside. homie. Edibles. Edibles. You got to do the edibles. <laughs> I, it's not the same, man. It's just not the same. Have you been to the apothecarium right there in the Marina District? They got the best stuff, man. Oh that, yeah, that's, that's yeah. There's, there's one yeah, down uh, down Market Street oh, that I, I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah, it's I like, like I like getting the little mints. I like the mints. Those are really nice. They're like really mellow. Um, huh. Yeah, yeah. They got these uh, vibe. They're called vibe tabs, and they got yeah, yeah, yeah. different dosages. Yeah, those are really cool, man. They mellow you out. You take the one to five, one one uh, THC to five CBDs, and it just mellows you out, man. You're it's just it's cool. It's like a nice mellow. You can work and you're fine, you know. But um, yeah. So I'm really mm. excited for the fight coming up, and um, I love the drama. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the arguments. It's fun, man. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it, you know. And um, yeah. Oh, well, one last thing too. I, I tried. I've never had any social media in my life, you know. And uh-huh. this last weekend, I I signed up for Facebook just to watch the fight, and it was man, it was bad. It was bad. It makes me want to like delete my Facebook account right away. It, it cut out like after uh, <laughs> round seven. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. you know what? Don't don't let it scare you off, bro. Don't let you know we're still at the. Don't get pulled I, in, dude. Like I, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I still say look, media in general, still, man. Right, people are still trying to iron out, trying to get things on the fast track of stream. I, I still say don't don't be discouraged by it. You know what I mean? I, I, let let everybody let these guys figure it out. 
and eventually it's going to be a smooth sale. I, you know, I, like I was saying earlier, embrace, personally, myself, uh, embrace it because if you look in the 80s and the 90s, we didn't get these many, that, that many fights, you know. We, you know, we had maybe once or once or twice out of the month, and that was it. And if you were a hardcore fight fan like myself, you, you went and bought every little outlet, every magazine, KO Magazine, Ring Magazine, to be updated of what happened overseas. And then you had to order the DVDs to get them or VHS, whatever was your, you know, your poison at the time. I say embrace what's being given to you right now. It's not the best, I but... Did. I agree with you. I agree with you, David. In fact, I've had that ESPN Plus since it started, right? And I've been a boxing yeah. fan for about thirty years since I was a little kid. It has to be the best deal we've ever gotten as a boxing fan. Five dollars a month, fifty dollars a year for unbelievable amounts of boxing, really good fights, man. And uh, ESPN, yeah. I don't know if you guys have, have discussed this yet. They actually extended the contract with, with Top Rank another three years, man. You know, that thing, they got a six-year contract with ESPN. That's, you know, they're blowing that's, up that's the court, awesome. man. It's a great deal. Right. Yeah, you no, know? I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy, and I understand that. You know, you're, you're not going to make the millenniums that are barely starting to get into the sport that didn't have to live through the hardships that we've had to live through. You know, where you, you had to read a short little uh, 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 a paragraph of a fight on the newspaper, and then you had to use your imagination of what happened in that fight. Yep. You know? Yep. So – you know, or going to the I, I, going to the cable company to get the wire for the pay per view, right? Remember that? Yeah. You have to, yep. <laughs> you know, black box. Yeah, you know. I mean, we, we've done it all. We've all we've all had to you know do something to get something to watch a good fight. And I took everything I could. The Tuesday night fights, you know, Friday night fights, and ESPN. I mean, we paper pay per view, and you sat there. I sat there on the undercards and nobody else would. Um, I've been there. I, I, I have stacks and stacks of DVDs and VHS tapes full of fights from the Olympics, you know, up, uh, up fights from all, all across the world, from, Gal- you know, Galaxy, the, the KO Master Galaxy. I mean, I got fighters that people have never seen. I got sparring matches. That's what you had to do in the 90s to, to feed your fix. Fight Night at the Forum, remember that? Nowadays. That was a good series. That was a good series, yeah. too. Fight Night at the Forum, that was a good series, too. Um. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't remember know. that? KO Nation, yeah, I remember KO Nation. Oh, That's the DJ, right? They had like a DJ or something like that. Yeah, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, like, honestly, I, like this is why I've never signed up for social media in the first place, man. I think it lends to people complaining about everything, man, because they don't have to shut up. They can talk as much shit as they want, and you know, like normally when somebody's talking shit, you can just walk away from them, right? Oh, man, I don't want to hear this. I'm out of here, bro. But then they can exactly. like, toss out their, their stupid opinions out to work. And let's be more honest, man. The people that are complaining about the pay-per-views, about ESPN Plus, are the people that are probably stealing it anyways. They ain't paying for shit anyways, man. If you know how to do Twitter, that means you know how to find a stream. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what, you know what I mean? Like, these people aren't paying shit anyways, man. I don't even know why they're crying, you know? But, you know, they're not supporting the sport in any way, shape, or form, man. I feel like I am by giving my ESPN Plus. I got HBO, even though they don't show the fucking fights. I don't know why. I got Showtime. I remember a time. They do. I remember. I remember a couple of years ago where you heard people saying, "Well, if you're not going to the fights, you're not showing up at the, you know, at you know, at the fights live, then you're not really supporting your your fighter, or you're not really supporting the sport." Can't that still be well, said now? Well, if you live in LA, not, if, if you live in LA, yeah, exactly. Well, people right? hardly get any, dude. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, I mean, if you're not paying for the ESPN Plus and you're not paying for if, if it, when the zone comes out or all these other things, then are you really supporting the sport? And you know, you know? give me a stream that that freezes a little bit, but that you could find the fight a little bit later and catch up with it. I mean, it was, you know, Rojas versus Diaz. It wasn't Triple G versus Canelo, the pay per view on you know, or, or a, the Facebook watch stream. Like everybody, just calm down. You know, um, yeah. they'll get it all ironed out. People will be completely freaking out about it, you know, and, and uh, Dan Raphael going crazy about it. It's like, didn't didn't you uh, write about a Juan, Manuel, a Juan Manuel Marquez fight that you didn't actually see? It was the Chris John fight. He, like, reviewed it before he actually saw it and then kind of fixed it uh, because he, you know, it, it was a robbery, but he, he went with the decision and then kind of had to backpedal. Uh, you know, Dan, just calm down. Uh, all, all this stuff is just... I don't know. It's just internet chatter. People uh, the thinking they're more important than they are. The, the disrespectful way people talk to De La Hoya, uh, it's just like, you know, you could say what you want about his personal life. I, I personally leave it alone because it's personal life. Who gives a shit? I'm going to Burning Man. It's like radical inclusion. There's going to be some pretty crazy people there. It's my fourth year. Uh, if I was judgy and like, you know, shaming people the way these guys on the internet talk, uh, you, you wouldn't really get very far. You kind of wouldn't get very far in life. Uh, so I'd leave that stuff alone. And you've got to remember, Oscar carried the sport on his back for years, mm-hmm. uh, took yep. fights against tough opponents when he was past his prime. That's how he went out. Uh, mm-hmm. So leave Oscar the fuck he alone. He made Pacquiao. Uh, he made May- Mayweather, you know. And to be honest, Canelo's kind of following suit, man. His resume, and I hate to tri- – I really don't want to tear down Triple G too much because I do like him. His resume is ten times better than the Triple G. I mean, look, look, look at the resumes, dude. You know, mm. like it, it's not even close. Triple G, the first time you fight somebody tough, you, just, you can't knock them out no more. If it was either uh, Canelo or um, Danny, Danny, Danny Jacobs, Danny Jacobs, Jacobs. right? First time he yeah. stepped up in, in, in competition to a real metal, middleweight. You know, first time he stepped to a real middleweight, and you can't, you can't touch him. And now you got Abel Sanchez freaking out. Trying to get everybody to come in head first against them now with their chin out, you know? Like, come on, Abel, you know? No way, dude, you know? Like, whatever, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's going to be good. Are you on Twitter? You're on Twitter, right? No. I've never had any social media in my life, man. Uh, I barely signed up for Facebook on Saturday just to watch the fight. But I do I do check your Twitter, like, to see when the show's coming out today. Like, I'll check yeah. it, but I don't have an account. I just check it. I don't have, I'm not on Twitter. I did enjoy, you had a couple weeks ago, you didn't have a video. Like from like it looked like the Jake Cavett show, and some yeah. black gentleman was discussing something. That was really good, man. That was a really good video you had. Oh, about uh, that. That was, a milk car Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? It was like it looked like it was like from a Jake Cavett show from the '60s, something like that. And I, I enjoyed that one. I forgot who it was, but it was, that was a really good video you posted. Now, stuff like you do that makes me want to sign up for Twitter, right? But the, oh, the other people, I thought you were talking about the show. That's funny. No, I wonder you what it, like on your Twitter feed. You I'm trying to remember Twitter what feed. I put up. It was like a couple huh. of weeks ago. Some, it was like from the Dick Cavett show, maybe. Some black gentleman was talking, discussing race. So oh, like uh, it, was, uh, it was James Baldwin on the on his, uh, yes. yeah, yes. on the uh, anniversary of uh, his death, I believe. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that that, 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 that kind of stuff you I should, like on Twitter. You should mm-hmm. see the documentary I Am Not Your Negro about James Baldwin. Uh, it's oh. It's pretty fantastic. The guy really... He's like, it's because I loved, uh, you know, America so much that I uh, criticize her so much, you know, and I, I, I just, I, I dig it. everything that guy had to say about the country. 
Yeah. You know, we can use somebody like that nowadays, right? There's someone that argues for dissent. You know, everybody's trying to uh, trying to tamp it down, right? Like, oh, dissent, dissent is terrible. Like, if the football player's uh, kneeling or whatever, right? Like, they don't, nobody wants to hear any difference of opinion, man. But anyway, that's well, why I watch Twitter, man. Just, then the Nazis mm-hmm. can can dissent. They're you know they're very yeah. fine people, uh, but if it's if it's black dudes or you know heaven forbid Mexicans uh, complaining about where they're treated, you know, lock them in a they cage. You should be just happy that yeah. you're here. It's an yeah, interesting dynamic. They don't want to hear it, man. They don't want to hear it, man. So stuff like that makes me want to find out for Twitter. But then when all these little fat fourteen-year-olds are like talking shit to everybody on there, <laughs> I'm like, man. Nah. Yeah, I'm not, oh, I'm not down with that, man. Trying to tear down the whole world. No, thank you. But hey, thank you for yeah, taking my phone call. I appreciate it, man. Great show. Hey, man. my really pleasure, really man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right, thank man. you. Peace. I know. You know what? They've been coming out of the woodworks lately. I've had to block a few on Twitter. You know, and uh, it's just sad. I, I, I find it. I just find it hilarious where you find people that just go around. And you know what I normally do is, like, before I comment back to whoever's taking a jab at us on, on social media. You look on their if I go look on their – yeah, I look to see if, okay, if this, you know, you know, well, what exactly this? are they – and I know – yeah, and I noticed that they're just talking to a bunch of people just going on there and talking smack, and I'm like, dude, you literally have to have a lot of time in your head to search the internet, to read other people's stuff and go, I'm gonna I'm going to sit here – for a minute and talk some come shit. Come up with something. Yeah, come up with something to try to be funny and, and insult you and try to ruin your day. You know? Because um, I look at that and I also look at other folks that, that like, I, I see certain people, I'm not going to name names, but I see certain people that are always patting themselves in the back of how great they are as an entrepreneur and I've done this and I've done that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I literally see you. 12 hours on, uh, out of the day, eight hours of it is about how great you are. I'm an entrepreneur. And if you look at my timeline, you can kind of see that when I have time to tweet, that's literally the time I have. And then I kind of disappear. I, you know, fizzle back into what I have to do for a couple of days. And I get people that go like, hey, Dave, what do you think about this fight? And I honestly genuinely feel bad that I don't answer back sometimes because I do get caught up with I'm whatever I'm doing um, that I, I, I forget to respond to certain people, you know, or, or I try to respond to the folks that retweet us or say that we have a great show and they, you know, they love listening to the show and, you know, and, and, you know, I guess it's my, my apology for these folks out there is that I, I, I see it. I hear it. I appreciate it. I may not be able to respond to it, but I definitely see what you're saying, you know. And I, you know, going back to the other folks that have all this time, I'm a Jesus boy. I wish I had a little bit more time like that, dude. Uh, you know, I always wonder how fun it is to troll somebody, <laughs> you know, not to have shit to do all day, Gabriel. You know, and sit there and just go through people's timelines and just talk smack to them. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't even know if I could do that because when I do have the time to myself, I actually, uh, you know, occupy with other shit that really needs to be done. You know, or I have to play catch up, like watch the fight. You know, like I, I, got, I have to watch the fight because we're going to talk about it on Monday or something, you know. Boy, do I have, I have no life. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Is I have no life, Gable. I wish I had more, more time in my life where I could just talk smack to people on, on Twitter, you know. 
<laughs> I kind of just block anymore, you know. Let's uh, uh, let's hit up the uh, the phone lines again. Nine one seven. You're live on Leave It in the Ring. Nine one seven. Hello. Oh, and somebody's right. been drinking a lot of beer. Either that or they're doing a lot of blow and uh, putting the phone right by us. Um, Somebody's having a good time. Yeah, I'm glad somebody is. (laughs) uh, Kovalev, the leader Alvarez. Kovalev. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Uh, Alvarez put the KO in Kovalev. (laughs) Yeah, oh, my goodness to the people that didn't pay attention to Alvarez. Uh, Oh, my goodness to people that didn't really – uh, watch tape on his right hand. If you watch him uh, from previous fights, uh, dating down to when he even fought Miranda, who Miranda was really out of his uh, his be- best weight. Uh, Albert is the kind of guy that uses the jab to just make you believe that's all he has. That's the only punch he has in his arsenal. You know what I mean? He jabs and jabs and jabs, and he he builds this distance. He builds this. This kind of uh, trust with his opponent, making them believe that this is all I'm. This is all you need to worry about. This is the only thing that I'm going to kiss you with, is this jab, and then all of a sudden, the right hand. And that parade for for Kovala man was 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 pretty pretty bad. It shook him. Um, he got up right away and showed you that Koval is not used to getting hurt because he really didn't know how to re- kind of gather himself back up. You notice that, Gabriel? Like, he didn't take a knee. He got up way too um, fast. Uh, you too know, fast, he didn't, dude. didn't tie up. He threw punches. Uh was pretty out of it, you know, and, and went down it two was more times. Of, yeah, it was reminiscing of, of Vargas against Tito Trinidad. You know, got clipped, boom, just didn't know really – how to react to it because never thought once. I don't think any fighter ever thinks of going, hey, I'm going to get hurt and drop. But And Kovala, I mean, this guy has been this guy's been drawn out as the monster of the division. You know? And and I think he as, as, as much as Giannis was like in, 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 in a like in a state of shock, he was too. He was just like, what the hell happened here? Like did you have him winning the fight? I had him winning the fight in those first Kovalev? couple rounds. Like you know, yeah, like he he started building that momentum in my by, opinion. By, I like he by the third, back those right. it was like two one. Uh, I thought Kovalev after three, he really you know started to pick it up three and four. Um, mm-hmm. Alvarez showed some signs, but you know I thought Kovalev was looking like his old self and and. All these people that, you know, oh, Ward was still in his head or this and that. To me, you know, I was reading an interview with John David Jackson on uh, on The Ring today. I forget. Uh, the, uh, I want to get it right. Who uh, who did the, uh, the interview? But um, he, uh, you know, he basically talked about that Kovalev looked like he didn't have a, a game plan and didn't look in great shape to him, you know? Uh, and I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I thought Kovalev looked fine. He looked like Kovalev, but he's like a kind of a, 
once he he can't really hurt you, uh, he kind of backs off and now, it, like and now he's like thinking about the distance and like I got to do just enough. Uh, but you know what ultimately got him wasn't shitty planning or anything. It was just being Kovalev. He's an upright fighter. He uses his feet to get out of the way. Sometimes he'll he's wide open for that flush shot. Uh, and and Alvarez scouted that, waited for his moment, and landed it. But I mean, you know, it's hard to say that he was completely, um, you know, that was completely the game plan because he was losing. He was getting busted up. He was bleeding. Uh, was was Alvarez? So I don't know. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where you know it was it was a perfect shot, and and you, know, you land it on the temple like that. Uh, you catch a guy unawares. That's what's going to happen. Kovalev never never recovered. Uh, he just couldn't couldn't get his feet back under him and didn't take the time to gather himself. And then he fought rather than hug, tie up, clinch. You know, uh, he could have taken some some lessons from Andre Ward, uh, but instead he went out on his shield. And there's no shame in that. It's just you know at 35 you wonder how much can the guy rebuild. Well, puncher always tries to get himself out of a situation or a corner with their power. They're, they've been able to escape that, you know, get themselves. Uh, if they're behind on points, power has erased all that and get them, get them either ahead on points or get them the win. Kovala was reacting like a puncher. Um, when, he, when he stepped on the gas on that fourth round and he started letting his hands go and he just be, decided to be the crusher um, and got comfortable seeing that he was the the stalker and Alvarez was completely comfortable and fine of just jabbing and moving, jabbing and moving. This is this, now got to remember, this is something that Kovala has seen before. This wasn't foreign to him. You know what I mean? This wasn't like something new that was being presented in front of him. He has had Pascal. He's had other guys uh, uh, that boxed and moved. So whatever game plan that people were trying to say, like, Oh, he didn't have a game plan. His game plan has always been move forward and slowly chip away whatever you have to break you down so that he can make you crumble. That's why they called him the crusher. And he had his hands down a few times. Well, not a few times. Most of every round, which we've seen him do that in the past. He did that with Ward. He's done that with other guys. Uh, When he gets into a rhythm, he puts his hands down. He starts moving his shoulders a bit. He, he he starts dancing to his own beat, and he lets his hands go. Alvarez laid out the ground of what he normally does, and that's why I said if you don't watch tape on Alvarez, you really didn't know what he was planning on doing because go back and watch other fights Alvarez has done. The jab is what he makes you worry about the most. And then in the fifth, sixth, or even the seventh round, he lets the right hand go, and he's been multiple, multiple times has been successful and landing the right hand and dropping his opponent. I mean, you know, to me, the one thing I saw with Kovalev was that he wasn't quite using his um, his legs the way he used to. There's not the sustained spring, but that's, you know, a 35-year-old right. fighter, you know. Um, he was, he, I wouldn't call him Manny Pacquiao, but he was of that kind of ilk that he could break some rules because his fit, footwork is good. He could hit you at an on angle. He's got that power and catch you unawares. And now, you know, it, it just didn't, he got caught, uh, he got caught being flat footed and, and kind of, you know, standing there. 
and was just wide open for a flush shot. And it was a good ass shot. You know, there's just well, to great. me you know, to to say that Ward was in his head and that's what did it. That's a disservice to what Alvarez did and went through in order to get that win. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, to say that Ward just ruined him, because like I said, you know, Kovala was in the fight all the way up to that end. <laughs> and if you don't think that, then you weren't paying attention. You know, uh, Kovala went out there trying to be the, the, the dominant person. After the first, second round where you kind of saw, you know, Alvarez was doing what he wanted to do, Kovala went out there on that third round, fourth round, and made him rethink a little bit more. He actually made Alvarez kind of adjust to what he was doing, move a little bit more than probably what he wanted to do. Immediate rematch, I don't know, is there anywhere else for him to go right now? Um, same thing with, with Alvarez. I mean, do you capitalize on that rematch, go after it, uh, if I'm Kovalev and I, well, I don't let him take that rematch. I mean, you, I you either, just suffered a brutal ass knockout loss. Uh, yeah. Knocked down three times, stunned to the brain. Let that brain heal. You know, I know you're you're at the twilight of your career, but if there's any way that the other guy can have a fight in the interim and you rest, if you want to do that immediate rematch, then you come right back to it. But take a year off. Your brain. Your brain needs that because I think he'll get knocked out again faster the next time if he doesn't. I agree. Um, I agree. Uh, but I, th- I just wonder contract-wise with main event and contract-wise um, with HBO, um, do they give him that break or they do, do they do, – is there is there a uh, – Kovala, too, has to agree on the on – the, on the check, on the size of the check, you know, because the lesser opponent means lesser money, and there's a possibility you're not going to get on HBO again as a uh, rebuild your confidence back belt. I don't know if HBO wants to do that again. You know, I hope that HBO invests in Alvarez to tell you the truth, that they see that what they have potentially um, a, a guy that that it's soon to be more of just what we saw a must see V a must see, uh, see TV fighter, you know, cause Alvarez is an exciting fighter. Yeah. There's no question. He's got, he's got big knockout uh, wins, you know, on, on his belt uh, to prove that, you know, it's uh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Will, will they, I mean, this is a guy that, that's beaten John Pascal now knocked out Lucien Butte ended his career. Uh, and, and he's he knocked out Sergey Kovalev and put his career in jeopardy, you know, that's just his last three fights. Uh, so Alvarez is the reason why Adonis Stevenson wanted no part of this guy. Um, high IQ, explosive puncher. Uh, even though he's got, you know, 12 knockouts, uh, two of those knockouts and 24 wins, no losses, no draws, uh, are big names, Lucien Butte and Sergey Kovalev. Uh, I would love to see him fight Artur Baturbiev. I think that fight's possible. And on the undercard uh, of this, uh, this card, we had uh, Dmitry Bivol fighting, uh, against Isaac Chalemba. The fight, you know, uh, to invoke the great Emmanuel Stewart, uh, the fight was exactly as I thought it would be. Uh, Chalemba is not an easy style to look good against. Um, he no. is a, a, got a style that makes you think you're doing better than you are uh, because he's kind of herky-jerky and it seems like you're landing on him and putting him into retreat, but that's just Isaac Chalemba. 
uh, real tough fighter. And, and I thought it was a good fight for Dimitri Bivol, who's a young fighter. Uh, despite having a belt, he's only 14 and 0, uh, 11 KOs. He's 27 years old. Um, and I, I think he's got all the punches and everything, but he, you know, you do wonder at the top level, does he have that big eraser? I, I don't think there's any knock and not stopping Isaac Chalemba. He, it would have been special if he did. I don't think did, so either. But, but yeah. I think the rounds were more valuable in this. You know, you already know the kid can punch. Uh, let him go 12 rounds with yeah. a guy that's constantly adjusting, that's going to make you look like shit at times. You know, he didn't have a whole lot uh, in the back end, uh, Bivol, uh, but he, I thought he did enough to win. Uh, it was a good, good fight for him. It, it'll do serve you know, him in the long run. I'm a kind of fan that's not always a fan of seeing a guy knock out everybody that's put in front of him. I actually like to see if the puncher can get frustrated. Um, and when he gets frustrated, what does he do? And what I saw with Dimitri was a guy that just did everything exactly the same and didn't overreach himself to make a mistake that was going to cost him. Stayed in his, in his own lane, you know. And I, like you said, with Isaac, I mean, that's a guy that's just really hard, you know, to, to look good against. That's a guy that's – he's the kind of fighter that – it's very difficult to make him panic because he's so used to being the awkward, you know, person in the ring. So uh, to me, it was a good win. It was a good. It was a good way of of seeing how, what he does. Uh, other than than knocking guys out, how does he how does he fill the time up with with the rounds, with combinations, with his movement? And rounds, rounds, rounds is always needed when you start moving up in the ladder. You need rounds. The better the competition, the harder it is to knock out guys. So you have to find out can these guys truly box, just not punch. So I'm, I I totally agree with you about uh, Pibble. Yeah, I like the kid. I, I, I think we just trust our eyes. So that's a, a hot division, you know. You got Adonis Stevenson, Alexander Gavodnik uh, sharing the WBC belt. Badu Jack is looming. Uh, he's, uh, I think, the, the, in the mandatory position for uh, Dmitry Bivol, who has the WBA strap. Uh, Turbiev, there's no one listed at one or two. Uh, three is Caro Marat behind him at the in the IBF, and um, Leader Alvarez has got Anthony Yard and uh, Marcus Brown. And uh, ooh, Mike Lee and Shawnee Monahan uh, taking up the top four spots. So, um, you know, let's let's see some fights. That's a hot division. It's super stacked. Super, super stacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's definitely. You want to hit the uh, this weekend's fight schedule? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, so we've got uh, Thursday, August sixteenth, uh, Karakuyan Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, Ryosuke Iwasa versus TJ Dahani. Super Bantamweights, 12 rounds. Uh, and then Friday, August 17th, Fantasy Springs in Indio, California. Uh, on ESPN2, Andrew, Andrew Concio versus uh, Darden Zanunja. Uh, Zanun, Zanunaj. Yeah, okay. Super Featherweight, Zanunaj. 10 rounds. Yoshihiro Kamagai versus Greg Vendetti, junior middleweights. Uh, you know, this is a jag bowl. Uh, these are just another guys. Uh, they're they're going to give you some action fights, uh, honest night's work. Uh, maybe you get a good knockout somewhere in there, um, but it's not you know uh, division changing stuff. I, I don't I don't tend to think. I don't. Uh, Saturday yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saturday August eighteenth 
Windsor Park, Belfast, Northern Ireland, BT Sport, Carl Frampton versus Luke Jackson, uh, 12 rounds of action there. Tyson Fury versus uh, Francesco Pianetta, heavyweights, 10 rounds. Um, and then also that same day, Ocean Resort Casino, Atlantic City, New Jersey, ESPN, Bryant Jennings versus Alexander Dimitrenko, uh, 10 or 12 rounds according to this schedule, uh, the bad left hook schedule. Uh, Jesse Hart versus Mike Gavronsky, super middleweights, 10 rounds. Jason Sosa uh, versus Ronaldo Blanco, super featherweights. And Shakur Stevenson versus Carlos Ruiz. Um, hmm. how, what are you thinking about Shakur Stevenson? Uh, I'm not stirred by Shakur, but he seems to be getting better every fight. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. I think that um, trust the process. You know, I know we like to see him get in there with maybe some little more tough, tougher oppositions. But, you know, I mean, he's still young. He's still a kid that, that's got to develop, still got to find himself, um, still got to have a he, – he's got to gauge that professional uh, side of boxing. You know, um, he's got a great pedigree in amateur, as an amateur fighter. There's still a transition. And I think we're slowly starting to see that new transition of him being a prize fighter rather than a standout amateur fighter. So I'm okay with them not rushing too much, but I think two, two more fights after this, I think we're going to start seeing uh, a little bit more of the pump the fist of, hey, when is he going to start fighting some real live bodies? Did you fall out on me here, Gabriel? Or are you on I was, do- I was doing great on mute. Uh <laughs> You know, you look at him, and, and uh, he's still filling out, Stevenson, you know? So it's like, I'm not rushing. He's only 21, 7-0, four knockouts. Um, mm-hmm. This should be, you know, a nice test. He's facing guys 16, 4, and, and 2. Uh, you know, hasn't fought, I don't believe, out of anywhere but, you know, Mexico. Oh, he fought in the Cartagena, uh, Kobe, Japan. Um, you know, he's a, this is kind of a trial horse guy. Um, it's it's not, you know, we're just going to get to find out what the kid can do with a guy like this. Uh, that, you know, generally, if he loses, he at least goes the rounds. Uh, he's never, you know, he's got uh, four losses, two draws, uh, but uh, Carlos Ruiz has never been stopped, which is probably something you're going to hear a few times on the card, and that usually means that if the kid's able to stop him, then he's, you know, a little bit special. So we'll we'll find out about that. Uh, I'm excited about Tyson Fury coming back, man. Uh, or just, you know, really? continuing his comeback. <laughs> yeah, I like Tyson Fury. You don't like Tyson Fury? I like him too, but I, I like Tyson Fury, but I, I don't know, but I just... He's nuts. I'm not, I just, I'm not nuts about it. You know what I mean? Until I start seeing him fight, like, I just think the Wilder fight is a bit rushed, and I get it, because, you know, with Tyson Fury, the way we've seen him, is is we got to get him while he's good right now. We got to get him while he's, you know, his 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 uh, he's um thinking healthy at the moment, you know, and um, but can he be the the best Tyson Fury that that could give a Wilder problems if he was the Tyson Fury of uh, three years ago or two years ago? I, I'm not sure. And fighting guys like this Panyata here, it, it, it to me it just doesn't really. To me, it's a, it's a name that Wilder's going to get. And he's also going to get the title of beating the guy that didn't lose the Lanier champion to another fighter. He lost it on his own, you know, on his, on, you know, of, of his own mistake. You know what's weird, though? What's he's that? only 30. 
I know. Yeah. You know, and you. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a believer in in Tyson Fury. He's a, he's a trippy dude, but he's younger than Deontay Wilder. Got less fights. You know, maybe he's a little fresher. Took the time off, did a that's bunch of blow. Seen, that's, that's yeah, just, we'll see. That's I mean, thing. you know, it, and they're um, doing the right thing in that that they're, you know, it's like Ann Wolf when we interviewed her, you know, a long time ago, which was talking about bringing Kirkland back and and. Uh, you know, uh-huh. you, you feed him some rabbit, and then, you know, you feed him a little bit of squirrel, and then, then you maybe move up, you know, to elk. You know, it take a while before, like, you move up and, and fight like a bull. And, yeah, maybe they are rushing, you know, because, uh, you know, Francesco uh, Pianetta, 35-4-1, three knockouts or three stoppage losses, I should say. Uh, he's got 21 wins by way of KO. He's a 6'5 uh, southpaw. Uh, fights, you know, out of Germany. Uh, by his birthplace is Italy, but he fights out, out of Germany. Um, and he's been active. You know, he's got a loss and a and a win here in uh, 2018. Uh, but he went a decision against uh, Peter Milos uh, back in June, uh-huh. ten rounds. So let's see what Tyson does with this guy. You know, just, just, just but think about this for a minute. The reason why I say that they're rushing it because of his, uh, because like I said, they got to try to fit it in while he's healthy, and the mindset. If if this wasn't the case, do you really think that this fight would happen as soon as what they're talking about? If 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 Tyson didn't have this surrounding him, you know, uh, being that sometimes he can go off the cuff, sometimes he can disappear, sometimes one minute he's a fighter, next minute he's like, ah, I don't want to do this. You know, and he goes into this deep depression. If he had none of that um, in his background, I, I would get the sense that that they wouldn't be they wouldn't even be talking about this fight right now. This would be a fight they're talking about maybe two thousand early two thousand twenty. But seeing that that they have these issues, they and they have an understanding of who they have in front of them. This gypsy kid, who at any any month could say. And screw it, I don't want to do it. Because you got to remember, he—I ha- mean, he was a Lanier champion, and he gave it up. He gave it up just like that. A bleak of an eye, he was done with it. He doesn't have that now. What's to hold him back of saying, ah, "I don't want to do it"? Forget. It. So to me, they have to rush it. That's why they're doing it. That's why they're like, "Hey, mm-hmm. give him more. Just give him a couple of squirrels, and then let's give him the elk." Because we may not yeah. ever, ever get a chance to do this again. It's possible. I mean, you know, it's also there's four sanctioning bodies. There's more business in having them split among a few people than one guy having all the belts. You know, that's the one thing uh-huh. you can be assured of is is uh, everybody is going to come for your wallet and to whisper in your ear when you become heavyweight champion of the world. And not everybody's built to handle it. And I. I think Tyson Fury, he kind of just went his own path. Like, I'm always going to be the man who beat the man. And to me, that's, you know, and I know who I am. I'm young. Let me shake off these belts. I don't know if it was completely by design or anything, but I think, you know, and then he, and then he had the positive drug test and he had to go through all that, try and clear his name and get his license back. And, you know, he just went up against all of it all at once. Um, I, I don't know. I believe in him. I don't think there's anything. I know he's, he went pretty erratic before, uh, 
I think, you know, he's a master gamesman. And kind of from that old school of, you know, the bare knuckle champion and, and that kind I of mean, he, culture he, and, yeah. and that like they'll fight, then not fight for a long time, then fight again. Uh, that's, you know, he's a people... fighter. I mean, he, he's, he's a, he's a thoroughbred fighter. I mean, that's where he comes from. You know, he, ha- he comes from a very long tradition of fighters and, and as well as the entertainers. I mean, he knows how to entertain. When he came on leaving the ring radio, you remember that? I mean, he had some rememberable quotes, you know, like nobody grows up to be, nobody, you know, grows up thinking of becoming a, a Latimer Klitschko, but people want to grow up to be a Tyson, Tyson Fury, you know? And I think he's proven that, you know, that, that, I mean, when he came out with the Batman suit, I mean, that was hilarious. He knows how to move the crowd. He knows how to move that needle to keep himself relevant. And, and, and Dante Wilder and them are smart to realize that not only are they getting the guy that beat the man, but they're getting a guy that brings a whole lot in terms of a fan base. And not just in the UK, because there's a lot, of, a lot of people here in America that, that actually truly like Tyson Fury. Yeah, I don't know. And if you Tyson know, Fury I, comes out, what were you say? I was just going to answer your question. You know, I, I don't know if they'd be talking about this fight or not. I mean, he's always been the wild card. He's willing to fight out here. He can fight over there, uh, you know, in terms of the U.S. and, the, you know, uh, and overseas in the U.K. Um, so I don't know, you know, and, and I think Wilder does want greatness. As much as people, like, shit on him, uh, the guys tried to fight. Pavetkin, you know, he was going to get that fight first. It was not his fault that that fight didn't happen. Um, I don't think I don't so, think there should be any question whether or not he wants to be great. The big question has always been: Could his skill set allow him to be great? And I think little by little, um, he's shaping it into into yeah. There's a there's a possibility, little by little. And, and you know what? If he fights, I, I, I'm not sure where they're talking about where the fight would be between him and, and Tyson Fury. But if he fights overseas, and that's, and I hope that's what it's going to be the plan here, Gabriel, is that they decide to go, you know, that Wilder's team say, hey, let's go fight in the UK because the the graphic of audience is going to be far much larger, I believe, over there in the UK. There's going to be so many UK fans showing up for Tyson Fury. That to me gives them more leverage for the Anthony Joshua fight because now they could say, "Well, we ready tested the waters over here. You know, we we fought here already, so this should be no argument where the fight. You know, you know what I mean. Proving that hey, Wilder's willing to go anywhere, anywhere part of the world to fight. You know, and." Tyson Fury, regardless of him not being, if he, you know, like I said, you know, this might be a, a bit of a rush, but if we get the Tyson Fury of the old, which is very light-footed, boxes, um, and uses the ring the way he's mastered it in the past, this is a very difficult fight for Wilder. Very difficult fight. But Fury has been dropped by Stephen Cunningham, so we know he can get hurt. We've seen him get hurt. Yeah. It, it, no, I think it's an intriguing fight. I don't know if it's going to be the most exciting fight, but it's fairly... I don't uh, think it's going to be an exciting fight, yeah. Yeah, I, I, no. I, but don't, so I, I don't anticipate that. I, I expect... I, I, honestly, uh, you expect what? No, I, go ahead. No, no, what, what do you expect? 
I, I, it, my thought is gone. So. Oh no! You know what you need to do? You need to drink. I, I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on this new drink here. Um, my wife got me involved. Got me hooked on like sparkling water. So um, I drink now like Crocs. Lacrosse? Is that what you call me? Lacrosse, right? Everybody's. I don't. Yeah, I don't drink carbonated stuff. I love this it's, stuff, dude. Yeah, I just. I drink water. No sugar. <laughs> no sugar. No sodium. There's nothing in this thing. Stuff carbonated. Wa- refreshing though, right? Sparkling water. You know. Yeah. No. It's so, a, no. anyways, going back to Tyson Fury here, was uh, <laughs> don't hate all my drink, man. I love this drink. Good. Everybody's drinking that. It's uh, the hipster drink now. That's what everybody so, says. I haven't seen anybody drink this except myself, to tell you the truth. You know, really? it hasn't caught no. on over here in Modesto. It hasn't caught on over here in here in Modesto. I don't see I don't see anybody drinking it out here. Yeah, people but, out here um, are like really excited about it. Like, oh my god. But then again, I, have my, my, my nose is in the my nose is always in uh like, you know, in, in buried in my work. So I never look up. But yeah, <laughs> I like this drink. It's really good. It's refreshing, man. You know, uh, it's better than like I was drinking Pepsi a little while ago, and I was just dying, dude, because I was getting so dehydrated, and uh, so I'm I'm slowly cutting my Pepsi consumption, you know, with this uh, sparkling water here, and drinking reg- just you know regular water. But uh, going back with Tyson Fury here, um, I, yeah, what I expect is is really maybe a few rounds, couple rounds, couple of exciting rounds. Tyson's gonna have his moments. Uh, and I just think that one big shot, man, is going to end the night because of the inactivity and not the proper par- uh, preparations to build them into a big mega fight with Wilder at the moment, you know? And I think that's what yeah, people we- are going to be upset at. They're going to be like, he, he wasn't ready. shouldn't have happened. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but see him right now. You know? Hmm. Well, he uh, he comes back against Francesco Pianetta. I'm curious to see what he what he looks like. Uh, you know what kind Thank of you. shape he's gotten himself in. You know, is it real? Is it is it like a continued long camp? You know, he finishes a fight, goes back into the gym. You know, that that's I think we'll we'll, we'll see signs of that. Um, so Brian, you know, Carl Frampton versus Luke Jackson could be something of an exciting fight. Um, I think uh, you know the Jackal is you know 31 years old. The little guys age a little bit quicker, topping out at 126. Um, he's 5'5", 62-inch reach. Uh, he's got that one loss, uh, 25 wins, 14 KOs. Um, and, you know, he's, he's facing a guy in Jackson who's, you know, 33 years old, 16-0, seven knockouts. Uh, he was a 2012 Olympian for Australia. He was like the, the captain of the team. Um, you know, people are you're probably going to lean heavily on Frampton, but this guy's got, you know, he's five, six and a half, sixty-eight inch reaches. Watching some tape of him, he's not going to be an easy guy. Uh, he's got a really nice guard, long arms, really guards that rib cage, comes in with a high, tight guard, uh, straight punches. He could give some trouble. I think maybe speed will be his problem, you know, trying to figure out Frampton's timing. Uh, but if he can stick the jab, he can give Carl some problems. I mean, I, I like the jackal, and I'm, I'm picking him to win. But I won't be surprised if this becomes a little more of an action than people are expecting. He also uh, fights at 130. He, you know, he kind of vacillates between 130 and, and 126. 26, so I don't know if that right. helps him or, or hurts him in this fight. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's going to be the bigger guy. He's more natural to the weight. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, a lot of times you see a guy like that um, take on a champion or an ex-champion. It's really, you kind of take an ex-champion that's kind of already worn out the wheels. I don't see that with Frampton, even though the little guys do age a little quicker, but I I still see that there's still a little, there's still tread left on the wheel. You know know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Experience experience for me is going to be, the factor of the fight. Who brings the experience? Who's going to be able to shake off the cobwebs? And who's going to set the tone from the first early rounds? And I think Frampton, if anything, you have to make him change who he is. Because he's, the guy, he's been the guy that's been longer out there. And he's been the guy that's been, you know, used to doing what he wants to do. Break that rhythm then you make the older fighters think. And older fighters don't like to overthink what they normally are used to doing. They become comfortable, accustomed to doing what they want. When you push them to the limit, that's what breaks them down. They break themselves down mentally. You just need to help them. You need to push it. But I don't, I'm not sure if Frampton is at that point yet in his career to be pushed off that edge. Yeah, no, I mean, it'll take a, a big effort from, from Jackson. This is his shot. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see if he takes it. And, yeah, it could end up being just totally outclassed, you know, and the tape that I watch is when, you know, he's being developed as a fighter. Uh, now he, right. you know, he's, he's, he's facing Frampton, who might just be levels and levels above. He certainly, in terms of experience, is. Uh, so I, I think that'll be a fun fight, though. Any fight the Jackal's in, I, I, I want to watch. Uh, ESPN, top rank. Uh, top rank continues the campaign to try to make me think that Brian Jennings is a heavyweight that I want to watch. Um, he's not 33, 6'3", <laughs> 84-inch reach. Uh, he's got losses back-to-back to Vladimir Klitschko and uh, Louis Ortiz, who stopped him in seven. Uh, he went the distance with Vladimir um, in a fight that I, I can barely remember. It's back in 2015. Uh, he's had four fights since then, all winning efforts. Just went the distance with Joey DeWedgeco, who was kind of a cruiserweight, heavyweight, um, out of the East Coast, I think out of Philly. Uh, and, and um, you know, he won it convincingly. Now he gets Alexander Demetrenko, who I believe hasn't fought in, since last December. Uh, so it's not a ton of inactivity, but, you know, it's, it's the first bout in the year. Here it is, August, uh, whereas, you know, it's the third bout of the year for Brian Jennings, who should look sharp. Uh, Demetrenko's been stopped twice. I expect I think Jennings to do to something there. Right. And, but I also think it's safe to say now, especially in this era of fighters, that long durations of not fighting, um, it's starting to become the norm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that, starting to be really normal where it's not that, not that alarming or big of a deal. You know what I mean? Um, which is weird how things are just shifting, the way things are shifting, the way, way, way things are going, you know. Uh, we're getting fights, a lot more fights, but then we're getting fighters that are not active, you know. They should be as active as the way how things are now getting in the palm of our hand to our computers. You know, everything can be presented to us a fast track uh, um, like we always wanted it, and we're getting that. But the fighters now need to catch up with their Internet speed, and start fighting on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, maybe Demetrenko, you know, uh, I don't know. Who knows? It's hard for him to find a fight or whatever. But uh, Jesse Hart is also on this card. 
uh, 6'3", 77.5 inch reach, 29 years old, 24 wins, one loss, uh, 20 knockouts. That loss was to Gilberto Ramirez. Uh, exciting fight, uh, close fight. Uh, and so he's had two wins coming back after that. Thomas Awambo, uh, Awimbono, uh stoppage in one round, and then a TKO in seven over Damon Nicholson uh, back in April. So this is his third fight of the year against Mike Gavronsky. Uh, who's 32 years old, um, six foot, 71 inch reach, uh, 24 two and one, one stoppage loss, 15 wins by way of knockout. Um, he had a no contest back in uh, uh, 2017. Hasn't fought since. Not quite sure why it was changed to a no contest. Uh, it was supposed to be a TKO eight win. Maybe he had some sort of uh, a regular test or something. Who knows? But uh, he's back. He's fighting Jesse Hart, probably going to lose, probably just not at that, that <laughs> level. Right, uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, probably picked for his action fight properties. So we'll see, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, not the most exciting card in the world uh, or weekend in the world, but, uh, you know, some decent fights. I think we should see some decent action as we head in uh, to the end of uh, end of August. I mean, next week will be my last show until uh, – I'll probably be back before the Danny Garcia fight, but maybe just like that, I don't know, that week sometime. I'm not sure. So we'll, But I'll definitely be around for next week's show, uh, for one before uh, I head out to the desert. Well, there you go. Well, we'll see everybody back uh, next week here on Leaving the Ring on Monday. Hopefully I can get my internet going, you know. And uh, we can get some better sound quality here on, on Leave a Ring and stuff. But uh, as always, uh, everybody, enjoy this weekend's fight. Don't drink and drive because you will you know, spill your beer. Gabriel? Peace. Peace.